got your own pod. I've got my own pod, but I've never been on um, anyone else's pod. So this is yeah. nuts. Welcome to another episode of Game of Life with Dan and Harmon. Except it's just Dan here today because he's still off for the next few months. Mm. I have a really special guest. You've got to deal with today. me instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, he's got his own podcast called The Share House Pod. I actually recently had his co-host in, Mikey D. Shout out Mikey D yeah, for sure. That was a fun right. one. Yeah. So, you know, hope you you know. <laughs> you hope I meet the same standard. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, Mikey's, Mikey's a very special human being. That's a very high standard to set. <laughs> I have Joel from the Share House Pod. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on. You're a content creator yourself. Are you not? Yes. Yeah. The content is one of the things I make. It's true. Yes. What What is your state of mind when you're not creating? Um... Oh, I'm asleep. Yeah. Um, it's it's very hard to switch that part of my brain off. Just recently, I had a day where I was, okay, this day is going to be completely relaxation. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything on this day. It was probably one of my worst mental days <laughs> in a while because the whirlwind of ideas and things I want to execute on and, and do was just so like so tantalizing yes. that I really felt crippled on that day. Like I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Are you still crippled with a nine to five job? Um, I'm not. I'm not. So is crippled the right word to use? I don't <laughs> I'm know. not sure. <laughs> or just like I, I guess if you're still employed, you know. I mean, we'll censor any of the uh, people that you still work with, but yeah, no, <laughs> I I worked in. Um, I was in a permanent capacity. Um, at this uh, events industry job, yes. where I was kind of, I was like a workforce manager for a lot of the casual workforce, like hundreds of employees. Mm. Um, and I did that for about a year and a bit. Um, but I did the Fringe Festival in 2022. And I came, I did a play with three other people that we all wrote and started it. And I came out of closing night of that and was like, oh my God, I need to, I need to quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't, <laughs> I can't keep doing this. Um, so it was only really the start of last year that I, quit the corporate nine to five yeah. um, and have just been a casual employee in many, many places are since. You, are you a job hopper? Uh, more or less. Yeah. I still work for the same yeah. events company, but just casually now. Yes. And I do that and I do film set work. I do other, I mostly do merchandise, yeah. like selling band t-shirts at concerts. So I do that at other places apart from this other place that I work. Um, yeah, just a bit bit of everything we'll jump onto other events like the the ao just finished yeah. up so i'm a bit zonked yes. right now because all i've done in january is work at the australian open is is um, it free not to sort of be uh you know handcuffed to a, any particular job a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent i felt it still is an effort because i guess when you're in a job you are kind of caught up in you know the a working part of life but even outside a job you still have to make that living you yeah. still have to like yes. work yeah. for it so i've become more flexible with my hours but i've still found it difficult to balance everything um despite having a more casual life like you still have to yeah. take the initiative and be like okay this is the time that i have allowed myself by quitting the nine to five. I've got work later in the day, but these are the hours that, okay, I quit this job to have these. Now I need to do something with them. Yeah. Um, and that's still, that that's a challenge in itself. It's not like a quit your job and then you, it, it's, you know, that's the magic potion. Yeah. Like it's yeah. There's still a lot to do there. Certainly an important step though, in order to pursue any sort of creative um, outlet yeah. yeah. Did, did you find when you um, quit your job, how did your mind change when you went into doing your own thing? It was it was very scary, but I knew I had to do it. Otherwise, I would just get to a certain stage where I would become too comfortable. Yeah. Because I've been, you know, working in and out of logistics positions for, you know, the last sort of five years and it got to the point where we started doing this podcast and I started sort of going down the, you know, avenues of pursuing more more writing work and I was really getting a kick out of doing the podcast. So I thought mm. by, you know, around sort of November of last year, I thought, well, I need to actually make a make a change. Even though I don't really have much of a plan in place, I just need to know I need I need to at least make that first step and and quit the sort of full time work. 
and now I'm sort of in this void of unemployment <laughs> thinking, well, going through advertisements on Seek, seeing what would be the most sort of, um, you know, less crippling sort of work I can take, which I can just sort of shut my brain off to when I go go in there and yeah. work so I can pursue this. So I can put all my sort of brain power, at least 90% of my brain power into what I love to do. Yeah. I guess my thought process is if most of my work now is night work. So if I wake up yes. and I have the day to like use that yeah. morning rise, all the energy there, and then you can just go to yeah. work and kind yes. of switch off a little bit, get into the automatic procedures that you got to go through. I think night work is the way to go because then it frees up the entire day. Yeah. You're also yeah. I, too much night work though. Then you're snoozing in all day. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's difficult anyway you spice it, but I guess it is finding the position that works most for you. Like I have a very creative housemate and he's up late at night doing music sessions where I just, when I'm late at night, like I'm, I'm snoozing off. Like yeah. that just does not work for me. So I think the morning and into the early Arvo is the best pocket for me I found out. Yeah. But did your habits, like what were your working habits while you are in your job versus the kind of working habits you have now? Do you link to certain times or? Uh I would, no matter what sort of job that I had in the sort of last sort of 10 years, I would always put 100% of myself into that job, no matter what it was, mm. which was sort of, you know, a bit of a setback creative, creatively mm. because, yeah, I don't know, I just sort of, I had this sort of sense of, weird sense of loyalty no matter where I'm working. So I sort of needed to sort of break that in a way. But I worked at a hotel, overnight at a hotel for a while, but I sort of loved that because working overnight at a hotel can get pretty boring. Mm. So what happened one year is the comedy festival does a, a thing where they sort of get three, you know, creative writers or fans of comedy to write reviews during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And I'll select, and, you know, they sort of, whoever, you know, writes the most sort of impressive reviews, they get, you know, a cash prize or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But I was selected one year to sort of participate in that and it was, you know, one of the best periods of time in my life that I had because I got to go out and review as many comedy festival shows as I could, or, you know, go out and see as many comedy festival shows as I could free of charge. But then I would still go back to my ho overnight hotel job and spend that time at my overnight job writing yeah. up the reviews. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, awesome. So I sort of, I'm in that sort of mindset of, well, should I get an overnight job again? Because that would, like those those hours were like 11 to, to 8 a.m. or something like that. So... Yeah. But I could sort of still let my sort of creative muscle flex a little bit at that job and still get away with it because there wouldn't be much happening in an overnight job to that capacity. If you can manage the night owl hours, yeah. sure. Because I think there really is something mm. in allowing yourself to be bored yeah. and then get yourself done. There were lull moments yeah. at the Australian Open where I did actually mm. get a lot done because like... It's so hard to get bored nowadays because yes. you, you have anything to I pick know. up and play with and stimulate yourself I wish yourself I could with. get bored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I crave for the periods of time where I was bored. Yeah. And it's cool that you managed to find that at a job to supposedly yeah. like considering that there was actually nothing to do. because And not feel guilty. Exactly. That's the thing. Because it's funny yeah. how you say you had loyalty to jobs and really put your 100% into them. And something I read recently that's really stuck with me is how you do something is how you do everything. Mm. So I would struggle because I, I was falling into this trap when I was in my um, corporate nine to five where like I, I didn't have my 100% and then it felt mm. like my life didn't have my 100% because mm -hmm. that's the mode that I woke up and I got into every single day. Whereas now that I'm working in places that I feel better about and feel much more passionate yes. to be in, it's like I can let that 100% come out and then throughout other like 
creative aspects of my life, I feel like I can give it that energy too, where before it was just a bit more of a snooze fest. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing that you gave Mm. your jobs 100%. It's just that's kind of like there is a limit to your energy, I suppose, and it's finding finding a way to balance it. Because I think I could probably survive in a corporate environment if the job was just writing and nothing, you know, none of the sort of bullshit that goes along with corporate life. It's just sort of, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I was definitely very, I called it uncomfortably comfortable. Yeah. Like I was so comfortable up in the cushy ivory tower office and it just, as the more time went on, the more uncomfortable I was. There was this burning hot fire under my ass that I just, especially after doing that play, I was like this, I need to be out on the ground. I need to be rolling around in the mud even if it's a financial sacrifice. But if you, I feel like if you, if you put yourself out there, if you make yourself free, I, I've definitely, I'm definitely very lucky in my position that I knew a lot of people from the events industry and could slip into all these random odd jobs that have managed to find a living um, throughout bouncing throughout that. But yeah, if you want to, You've, re- you've got to make a change yes. and you've re- you really got to apply yourself. And if you're as lucky to be living in a place like Melbourne or Australia yes. in general, I found that it, there is there are ways to do that for sure. I think it's very easy sort of to become entrapped in comfort. Yeah. It's very hard to break that comfort as well. Yeah, I still yeah. struggle with it. Like on the day off I was telling you about, it's like how yeah. do I... I, 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 I did something a bit uh, crazy, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so sick of the comfort I was in that I walked down to the Woolworths in the blistering sun and I bought a bag of ice. Yes. I, I made my first ice bath for myself. <laughs> um, and that's how I spent my afternoon. <laughs> I just I got in that and got out. I felt yeah. mildly better, but it, the day mm. was just all hope was lost. Yeah. We still, we still, you know, words of advice on this podcast from the guests that we have on. Yeah. And something um, someone said to us is you have to realise whose fantasy are you living in because you don't want to become, you know, shackled to someone else's fantasy. Mm. What do you think of that? Yeah. yeah. Well, Mikey and I talk about it all the time. Like yeah. we, we have idols, so... Mm. For myself, it was like, oh, at one at one point I was like, oh, I just want to be Bo Burnham. I just want to yeah. do and have done what Bo Burnham does. Yes. But the more you explore your own creativity, it's almost as if that keeps uncovering how unique you actually are. Yeah. And I think you need to be really open to allowing yourself to evolve and like because no one's going to be exactly the same yeah. as anyone else. You can have similar journeys, sure, but if you really want to be fulfilled at least i found you'd have to follow your own ideas and allow yourself to become your own person with like what you have yes it's all good i think it's great to use people as a guide like people you look up to you can use them as a guide to get started and get going into what you think you're interested in but i think it it, it's something special and magical comes out of yourself when you allow that to happen flourish do do you allow yourself to fail yeah yeah like i yeah i i really believe in that sentiment but i i need to do some work man (laughs) i've i still hold on to things i still really curl up in my own little hermit ball and it is a thing that i struggle with because i very much preach like don't don't care about what other people think don't you know don't get yourself entangled with other people's concerns but i i still get scared yeah I, i feel like that's it's a lot harder to get over than people um, say it is. Yes. Like I've, I've been preaching it for years, mm. but I'm I'm still scared. Um, so I I will I will be failing. I, I am definitely yeah. allowing going to allow myself to fail, and I forget that I have a whole um, podcast out there where we fail constantly. So yeah. I, I get the answer is yes. But yes. In my own head, I'm still a filmmaker first and mm. there are films that I've been hanging on to for far too long and I think that has been out of fear for sure. How do you feel after having created something? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes it is like, okay, I've put that out. 
yes. now onto the next thing. Like it's almost yeah. a bit of a like, okay, it's out onto the next thing, which I think is gratifying in itself because compared to hanging on to it and then not moving on to the next thing or moving on to the next thing and just having multiple things you're hanging on to, that is a lot. That's a terrible feeling. Yeah. That's that's awful. So releasing is at like just getting it out, just like stamping it done, like dropping the perfectionism and just like throwing it out. And I think Mikey and I's podcast has really um, allowed us to practice that because it's like it's weekly. We're on a schedule now. We want to yes. post this many reels a week. It's just like keep dishing them, just yeah. dish them. Who knows if this will do well up? Oh, it's already mm-hmm. on the internet. Like, Was it a slow start for you with that podcast? With a podcast? I don't more or less. I think when we first started, um, we banked a few, but as soon as we hit publish on the first one, that like the train left the station yeah. and there it was. There was no stopping the beast. Like we had hiccups and stuff for mm. sure, but we always more or less hit um, upload date and clips hitting the social media. So that's, and it's through practice, we've been doing it for. Candidly, we've been doing it for over a year now. We just yes. have a bunch of deleted episodes with someone we used to do it with who didn't really yeah. align with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that year's gone so fast and it's become so normal to be releasing and releasing and releasing. Like it's become a very normal part of routine. So I think I, I'm trying to find a way to do it with my other ambitions as well. Yeah. It's just like keep on showing up every single week or putting out every week or whatever you want to do and just like doing it so much that it's just like you can't not like it's just an entrenched part of your lifestyle and i that's that's the journey i'm starting to try and i i totally get it because since starting this podcast last january i've got i've settled into this routine now where i have to keep doing it every week yeah. Because Harmon's, you know, taken some time off for the next few months. But, and we've got some episodes still in the can, which we're still releasing. So, you know, interspersed with these ones that I'm doing by myself. And I thought, well, I could probably take a few months off while he takes a few months mm. off as well. But I can't stop because I feel if I stop and sort of break that routine, would I be able to you know, come back to it as easily. Yeah. There was a big part of me that when we were dealing with those early episodes and we were getting rid of what was over half of our catalog at the time, I was very, admittedly, I was very uptight about keeping the schedule about just like keeping it going. Yes. Because I was like, if we stop, we're never going to come back to this. Yeah. Like this, this will never um, have life breathed into it again. And if it does, it'll be a short stint. Like I, so many projects and so many ideas and so many things I have, I've seen fall off, whether it was my baby, someone else's baby, like it just disappears into the abyss and they're never to be heard from again. Like the first short film that I crewed on, like I've never seen, it just, it (laughs) never came out. (laughs) And I still am like in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that thing's coming out because we all put so much um, effort and heart into it and it's just like that I get that's just the nature of things yeah so I I'm really wanting to set a standard in myself that is following through and I'd encourage any um creative to just practice that following through yeah and just all moving onwards and upwards when we started this we didn't procrastinate at all we just did it mm. without much of a plan and I'm the scheduler of the two of us. Yeah. So I thought, I well, if I, so if I map out a schedule for the next three months and booking all these guests, then we have to show up, right? So I'm giving us ourselves, I'm giving ourselves some sort of, um, you know, foundation. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we can't stop. Yeah. No, I yeah. very much relate to that. We yeah. just created like a February um, guest schedule yes. where they can see all the available times and then put their name mm. in. And now it's like, we've got some next week and I'm like, oh, well, it, it's going. Yes. Like, we've got to be ready for yeah. it. Like I'll be going home after this and setting up the room and making mm. sure that everything looks all right. And it's, yeah, you put that accountability. You, it's it's like you're delegating accountability. It's yes. like, well, I've given, <laughs> so that's going to happen. Yeah. So now I have to be yeah. ready and show up. Exactly. And I, I want to ask, yeah. Because I struggle doing that when it's just me, when yeah. 
everything is on me. Like right right now to like super candidly, the films I've been working on, now it's just on me to edit and yeah. release. And mm-hmm. I struggle so much. To I'm in show up I'm for in that. that boat now because oh, I'm, damn, we're doing <laughs> I'm, I'm releasing two episodes a week. I'm still going through our catalogue from last year and releasing episodes that wow. we've done last year, yeah. as well as these ones as well. And, but but I sort of love that that process anyway because I'm not working at the moment, like yeah. you know, full time. So I'm like putting everything I can into making sure two episodes of this podcast goes out a week and whatever else you know I have is just dedicated to writing. Yeah, that's cool. So, so it's sort of I've you know I've made these sort of you know rules in my in my brain. I don't know. I don't have to adhere, <laughs> adhere by, but you know, I've, if I have these sort of rules in place that I've created, then I have to do it. Yeah, and you're kind of a sitting duck in yeah. in public because if you if mm. you just stop, like I'm sure you have yeah. listeners that tune in all the time, yeah. and it it'd be just like where where did you go? Yeah, <laughs> like you're wanting to yes. show up for them as well. Well, you know, so my last sort of proper job that I left last year, I was. So reluctant to leave because when we, so Harmon and I worked at that same place last, you know, last year. Oh, you both worked. So that's how, that's how we met. So we sort of, we worked in the logistics side of the business and we sort of turned to each other one day at work and said, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And we started the podcast. That's how this started. But everyone around us that we worked with was so encouraging and so enthusiastic about us starting this podcast they were like really those two logistic guys are starting a podcast they were all very impressed and our manager especially was you know every single monday we would come into work he'd be like who did you have on the podcast (laughs) so in that way there's sort of well i have to take some sort of responsibility now to sort of prove to these people that we can we can you know do this and continue to do yeah. this. No, that's beautiful. Even if one of us has to take a step back for a few months and I still have to forge ahead. Yeah. Because I quit. The, I quit. I don't want to go back, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, that. I think that's when you also know that yeah. it's, okay, this is a path that I'm, I'm really here for and want to pursue because I too had a really great team yes. around me. Like I didn't leave the job yeah. because it was bad. Like exactly, they were yeah. so, so supportive of everything I wanted yes. to do and often like putting more work on themselves to allow me to go out and do and like pursue the opportunities yeah. that I'd been given. So it's just, yeah, that burning feeling. And I, I really tried to um, tell the team like you know I'm I'm very much leaving for me like I'm not mm. leaving because of you guys at all yeah. like I love you I love all of you yeah. it's been so awesome and it's like there's a sadness to leaving as well yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just saw it seep into you me just didn't you think, thinking yeah. back and all your old uh, co-workers yeah. yeah I still do get to work with yeah. them because I, I work for the same yes. company just casually doing other yeah. jobs now yeah. and I just I was with them throughout the entire Australian Open mm-hmm. and I had my last night um, a couple nights ago and I was just saying bye and I was like yeah. I was walking to my car and I just kind of I, I just teared up I was like that it's a beautiful month still. Yeah. It's a beautiful job and place to be. Unfortunately, my my heart is just not in yes. the events industry. Yes. Like I'm yeah. even like I, I'm much more film. Like mm-hmm. I'm most of what people see of me right now is podcasting, which is awesome yes. and great. But I just I still very much nurture filmmaking is my number one thing. Yeah. I'm trying to explore that more this year and allowing that to flourish and finding out how that works with the time I have and the podcast I'm also doing with Mikey D. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it, that's where I'm at now. It, it was a sad day when, when I left yeah. my workplace as well because, I mean, of all the people that have been on this podcast, our dream guest still is our boss that we used to work <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he was, so, he was so encouraging to the point where, well, I'm purposely knocking down this pillar in my life what and sort of a week after i quit i thought to myself i still sort of occasionally think to myself what the hell did i do why did i leave again because i'm in this sort of as i said void of unemployment where i'm sort of just but i'm putting all my energy into this so i'm trying to sort of block all that 
all the sort of burdens of unemployment, mm. you know. Yeah. As I burn through all my savings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's the plan, man? <laughs> when those savings run out, yeah, what's yeah, gonna happen? Yeah. Um so yeah, it's sort of when when you've purposely knocked down a pillar, do do you sort of think to yourself, what the hell did I just do still? A little bit. I I was lucky and I was cushioned with like I came straight back into work, but I was very meticulous in um, tracking my expenses and savings. Like I made my own spreadsheet where every single transaction I type it in and mm-hmm. deduct how much money it took. So I've I've been very conscious of my spending and my savings. Yes. Um, so it's just led to, I don't know, just kind of tiptoeing through the expenses a bit more. And there was never so much a, what am I doing? It was more, I know I've made the right choice. I just need to find how to make this work now. Yeah. Um, and I admire all my friends that saw that. And like, like I think Mikey D and I did it at a very similar time. So we were very much in that together and mm. talked about very open without finances to each other and just navigating it. Yeah. Like not alone, <laughs> yeah. which has been nice. And even the people I live with now, um, yeah, very, very similar energies in that regard. Who do you think who who would you be without, you know, your creative endeavors, do you think? I don't know. A, a regular old Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think about it. Um, because if my heart was in the events industry, like I would have been set up. Yeah. I could have absolutely pursued that, given it all my energy and really climbed the ladder of that that I felt like I was in a very prime position to do that but I just wasn't mm. like I just wasn't yeah. I, I could be I could have been living someone else's dream life yeah. for sure and been very lucky to do so but it just wasn't me and I felt like I kind of owed it to myself mm. to not do that I mean without the need to create I'm I'm not sure I guess yeah. I'd just be living I'd probably yes. be happy guy (laughs) yeah so you know of all the jobs i've sort of worked over over my time is i sort of tell myself a story okay i maybe i can go far with this job Mm. maybe maybe i can get to a point where i can make this logistics job my career or this hotel job my career but at a certain point i just i know my my soul isn't in it yeah so it's very hard to sort of fake your way through it. Yeah, very much so. And I think people around me saw it and was just like, yeah, I'm not sure this this guy's here for the super long run, even yeah. though, yeah. And I, I feel extremely lucky that my breaking point came about within about a year or a little less mm-hmm. than a year. Like I could have been comfortable in there for years mm-hmm. and years and years. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad I managed to wake up much sooner than that yeah in a in a way yeah so it's it's funny so i have actually been trying to get another overnight job at a hotel and i interviewed um for for a position about a couple of weeks ago for the um like a a marriott hotel yeah right and it was just a a night auditor right which is just essentially you know someone who works nights ordered in the hotel, same sort of job I had at the last hotel I worked at. And the interview went well. Like I think I interviewed well. Mm. But they got back to me um, like a few days ago and said, oh, you, you got really good experience but we can tell that your heart isn't in it. <laughs> like you don't really we – we're looking for someone who wants to, um, you know – Put their whole life into Marriott hotels. <laughs> you weren't <laughs> so, born to be a yeah, hotel. Yeah, order, yeah, huh? exactly. <laughs> and I was sort of like, oh yeah, they're right. But I was a bit sort of like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, how can you not be? I mean, it it's hard. And I I had a part in hiring a lot of people. And it's like, sure, you want people who are going to be really dedicated to the company and yeah. get through to it. But there are. There's so many people who just are using a job as a means to an yes. end, even if they don't have a creative pursuit. Like they just want to cash the paycheck and, and do whatever out. and just yeah. like, you know, do whatever they want to do at home or travel or just. Yeah. 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 There, 
they're a real I don't know where I was going to go with that. <laughs> but but no, very much very much hear what you're saying. That is frustrating because some some jobs are very much someone can just rock up and do them. Like yeah. they don't need to praise the company or like put their entire soul into it. But yeah. yeah. So so I have I have been job hopping for the last sort of month. So I told Mikey D that I lasted a day somewhere recently. A day, huh? Yeah. Because I went in for an admin sort of role and they just threw me into their warehouse and wanted me to pick stock in a warehouse all day. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then another one recently, which I just I accepted, wanted me to do a four-hour medical before oh. doing before actually starting the job. Oh, I'm like, like oh, running on the no, treadmills and no, stuff. Th- and no, just... thank you. So, yeah, I have been sort of playing around a little bit with all these different opportunities in quotation marks (laughs) yeah no good luck with it man (laughs) like really good luck with it i think i struck gold um during covid because i i was working as a hospital concierge Mm. yeah where i'd sit at the front of the hospital and make sure everyone had done their like um Mm. you know covid surveys before they came in made sure they're all good but i chose work a lot at the quietest hospital (laughs) possible so i most mornings i just sat there and just like with a laptop just incognito logged into my stuff because perfect. then it doesn't like so that yeah that that's works perfect. really well yeah except it was early, very early mornings and i very much learned that i can't wake up at this time and be functional throughout <laughs> the day so i i learned that but something like that is was amazing and it it really is because you're essentially trying to find a job where you can slack off right yes but not you know but there is nothing else to do yeah. but slack off i would still do my work but i would need you know, again, somewhere I can go where I can sort of check out. An easy yeah. sort of job, you know? Yeah. I think my <laughs> I I very much have I'd, I'd have so much more money if yeah. I didn't have a moral compass. <laughs> like I think my moral compass just doesn't allow me to slack off unless yeah. it's like literally encouraged. Like at this <laughs> hospital, it was like, of course, Joel is like writing or doing whatever yeah. he wants to do because there is nothing for us yes. to give him to do. Yeah. Like he's just waiting for someone to rock up at the door. That's sort of the beauty of an overnight job. Yeah. Yeah. What's the shortest period of time you spend at a job? Oh, I don't know, man. I'm pretty loyal. I think I spent a few months on the books of um, this graduations company. So when universities would be graduating their students, I'd like put the hat on their heads yeah. and like the, the, the garb or the, can't even remember what they're called anymore um so i was at that for a bit but that just kind of fizzled out otherwise i've been pretty pretty good and loyal i was at kfc for four or so years that was my first job it's my first job too really (laughs) probably about a year oh um so i grew up in canberra Oh, beautiful. Somewhere in Canberra. Okay. So yeah, I don't I know remember about the, Canberra. I can't even remember where it was. Yeah. Well, I was a cook the entire time. I managed to. So was to, I. Nice. A cook, yeah. Cook gang. <laughs> I, I, I was managed managed to yeah. climb the ladder to team yeah. coach, even though yeah. I did not know how to serve and never served a customer in my life. Yeah. And it's ironic because I thought it's just something I'd never be able to do, but now I spend a lot of my work time selling people T-shirts. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that was a. I look back at KFC fondly. Like I, I felt it was a special time, and I got to talk to a lot of people I wouldn't have talked to otherwise. But that fast food definitely has an expiry date. Yes, yes. Well, well where does the sort of um, filmmaking come into your life then? Um, oh, it's very much what speaks to me the most like when i have an idea it comes to me visually and it's often a narrative idea like narrative films are just what i feel like i'm here for here to do here to like most of my recreational time like i'm trying to physically go to the cinema and watch films Mm. in the cinema and purchase like i i'm on the vinyl train now i'm buying so much vinyl it's pretty bad but i've got this blu-ray collection and i'm trying to keep adding to that despite physical media dying yeah. tragically when I just think it's the most special thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I had a very distinctive moment early high school where I was like, I think, I think I'm the movie guy. I think I'm the guy who watches and talks about lots of movies. Um, so I going into uni, I got into this media course at RMIT that I spent a year at 
And during that year, um, it's a very broad course because yeah. I still was kind of umming and ahhing what I wanted to do. I told my career counselor that, oh, I think I want to, I'll do IT because I can just punch numbers on the computer and go home every day. And he was like, it doesn't sound like you want to do that at all. What do you actually like? And I'm like, oh, movies? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he got me into this media course. And in this first year that I did it, there was um, like a screen, a experimental short film class um, that I did. And in that class, they one of the assignments was literally just make a movie, like go make yeah. a short film in groups. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, my brain just exploded. What yeah. do you mean go and make yes. a short film? Yeah. Um, so that was really valuable and we went out and did it. We did a short film that I'm still very proud of. Um, and then after that class finished, I realized this course really has nothing for me. So I dropped out of the course to keep trying to make films, which I did, yeah. which I did and got caught up in the whole whirlwind of um, creative life. And that was a first like, like I remember calling my mum and I went to one day of my second year of uni and was just like, this yeah. is shit, man. I can't, I, I feel sickly, mm -hmm. like even mm -hmm. sitting in this room mm -hmm. in this class that I don't care about. I just, I, I called mom and I was like, I can't, I just, I just, I think like basically just seeing what she thought of me getting out the course. <laughs> Cause it was, a, mm -hmm. that was almost like leaving a job. It was like leaving the projected path. And I made a film yeah. about the end of high school and just not knowing what the hell you want to do in this mm. big old life and that that was a big leap for me to really mm. drop the uni path that all my other friends were doing and that was the first like okay i've dropped that to do film so i better yeah i better go and get on with it and do it <laughs> yeah what was that time like for you when you were trying to figure out how to do it it was probably the most valuable time in my filmmaking life because i didn't really know what i was doing and i made I made a f the first film I made out of uni was a film called You're It, where a bunch of friends play tag and it gets apps, it gets really ridiculous. Um, but my mate was like, okay, I'll do the sound. I know about sound. Yeah. So I purchased like some audio gear with him and I got to learn how to use that. So I was like, oh, I, I could do this. So someone at work where I was working casually, events casually, um, you find that there are lots of other creative people that work mm -hmm. casual events like that. So yeah. like makeup, yeah. makeup rent, I guess. Um, and they asked me to come and work on a film. What can I do? I was like, oh, I guess I can do sound now. Mm -hmm. So I spent a year just crewing for free. Like I was sound recording for free. I was, um, I ended up learning how to use lights and I was a lighting hand for free. So I just really launched myself into all these different sets. And my metric for success was just like, cause I wasn't getting any money. It was yeah. like, how many people can I like meet and talk to and yeah. interact with? And that was probably the absolutely the best thing I did because fast forward yeah. to today, I still know a lot of those people, a lot of those people who now give me work yeah. to keep making their films. And now whenever I want to make a film, I have assembled like my perfect, my most ideal, most easily communicative crew yeah. that I have. And they're just like my great, 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 great friends now as yeah. well. So that's that year was absolutely invaluable to putting me to like setting myself up for where I am yeah. now, the crew that I've now made multiple films with. And they're such a step up from mm. what I was creating with just me and my DSLR and my friends. Just a true hustle. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I was very, I was very lucky to do so. Don't get me wrong. I was yeah. still living at my parents' place and not paying them any money to stay mm. under their roof and have meals made for me. So it was a very privileged spot. It was still like having to explain to them what the plan was because it's like, hey, I'm going to live in your house and barely make any like work one shift at KFC a week and go work for free for yeah. all these people who yeah. are just random people out in the world trying to um, make a film. So that, yeah, that, that was amazing. And that was 2019. So yeah. it was like... I felt like I was really ready to make big next steps yeah. in 2020, but I guess we all know it, yes. knew what happened after that. But very yeah. much being able to pick up the pieces from um, after that. Like, yeah, it was a crazy year. Crazy year. Was there ever a point where your patience wore thin, where you felt like, oh, this is just too hard? Yeah. Yeah. It That was part of learning, I think, because film is like, 
minimum, like 10 hour days is a standard day. Yes. And then that kind of drips into 11, 12 hours when it's like, ah, oh, just the doing the last bit or just packing. Like if we wrap it, the 10 hour mark, we've still got to pack up and get everything in the car. And like, yeah. of course I like, I'm helping everybody cause I just want to stay there and be, be a team player. Mm. Um, so there are some long, long nights and then like people who I'm, I'm much more snobby about nowadays than I was back then. But when it goes over the 10 hours and drifts into 11 and 12, then if you finish at the 12 hour mark, then you're packing up into the 13 and the 14 hour yeah. mark. So there were nights like that very far from home and probably it, it caused like some of the most dangerous things I've ever done, which were just driving while delirious. And that's <laughs> something I yeah. never want to let happen again. Yeah, like right. even like I could have just chugged mm. coffee and gone home, but I'm such a such an asshole to myself. I'm like, oh, if I drink caffeine, I'm not going to get a good sleep. Then I'm going to be screwed for tomorrow. It's like, yeah, yeah, but you'll be screwed if you're dead yeah. as well. So I, yeah, don't be stupid when doing things like that. If you get stuck yeah. in a situation like that, chug coffee. Like yeah. it's not worth dying yeah. over. Are you a harsh critic on you on yourself? Oh, I'm the harshest man. Yeah. I, how are you? Like when you put out these pods, like I feel like it's it's hard. It's half of why I've held on to the films I've held on yeah. to is because I'm constantly thinking about it and like what is mm. the best how is this going to be the best it can be when yeah. it really just needs to be you diving head first and just figuring it out along the way I think where I'm at because so I'm 33 right so I've had those moments already sort of earlier on in my life where I was probably more harsh on myself mm. when I was in my sort of early or mid 20s um Harmon's 26 and I can sort of see the sort of comparison to where my head was at when I was that age. Yeah. Because Harmon, of the two of us, is more harsh on himself when it comes to doing this podcast. Like I would, no matter who we had on this podcast over the last year, I would say, oh, yeah, that went well. <laughs> but Harmon would sort of turn to me every now and again and say, oh, I, don't know, I could have done better. Like pretty frequently you would say, oh, I could have done better and, you know, sort of, you know, kicks himself a little bit. Whereas I'm like, you know what, that was just one podcast. We'll always have the next one and exactly. the next one and the next one. So I'm always just looking ahead or staying at least present and not looking looking back yeah. too often. I think that's the key is not looking back and staying present in what whatever it is you're doing. A hundred percent. And it's just, especially with something like a podcast, it's just, you just got to keep it moving. Just yes. like keep, because it's such a constant thing you've got to do it's yeah. not like a big film that's going to take you yeah. to make it's like week to week just yeah keep on incrementally doing that mm. and i feel like mikey and i are both Harmon at times like we're yes. both around Harmon's yeah. age um and even when i hear people like oh yeah you really stop giving a shit what people think when you're 50 i'm like that's double my age <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a whole other me um but i'm also interested in you how you and Harmon check yourselves because a lot of Mikey and I's journey with like quality control is finding out how both of us communicate to each other, being able to check yeah. ourselves without it being like a personal critique. It's like, mm. no, we're both trying to come to the same place. How about this? Or what do we think yeah. about changing this? Or yeah, we're this very, idea? we, I think our tempers don't flare that often, but we do sort of try and have those honest conversations mm. every, like every now and again about, okay, how can we, prove this you know what i think Harmon's very caught up on like what's the hook of, <laughs> of this show and i'm like well i don't i just enjoy the process of sitting down with people i think he's more sort of i guess i'd be the one who's more the sort of ideas type of person not the ideas sort of person but it's just sort of the one who wants to keep a schedule and the one who wants to just keep bringing guests in but Harmon's yeah. more the the business side of the operation and wants to know okay, well, what are we making this podcast about? Where, where do we want to – how are we going to elevate this so we start, you know, getting some money coming in or, or whatever it is. But I've sort of reached the sort of point pretty early on where I sort of – I'm very open to whatever he suggests. Yeah. But um, very much sort of told myself, well, I'm in it for me essentially like I'm doing this for me I'm not doing it for 
other people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You're me. Yeah. And Harmon is Mikey. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny. And yeah. I think you need that kind of dynamic <laughs> yes. to make it work to an extent. Yeah. So I think like if, if we have a bad podcast, it sort of rolls off my back a little bit, but I think it gets to Harmon a, a bit more and then he wants to have more of a chat about, oh, what can we do to improve? I'm like just Yeah. Yeah, we can improve, obviously, but this is more sort of a forward journey, not a sort of yeah, you know. but I also think those are like the two yeah. ingredients that make the glue that like yes. keeps it together and keeps yes. it going. Because without like our um, meticulous scheduling and kind of baseline structure, mm. there would be nothing for the Harmons and the Mikey D's to like bounce off of and try and send <laughs> to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's funny that we. It sounds like there are similar <laughs> dynamics there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's strange because it's like. It does change the friendship, and mm. I wonder how your friendship has changed with Harmon. I think it's um, gotten gotten closer. Yeah, like we're it's weird because we've sort of become we're close, but we've also become sort of these odd business partners <laughs> as well, which was never there before. Yeah. So there's sort of this I don't know, like some sort of I that's very sort of. I think that business sort of attitude sort of gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. That business-minded attitude gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. I think which could cripple a friendship. But I it, we don't let we don't we try not to let let it cripple the friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I think we Mikey and I are very open to the point where um we we both we both know what we're in it for. We both know yeah. where we're trying to get to yeah. and it's just yeah, that's None of it is personal. But I found we really have to, we talked about it in a pod we did where we actually have to schedule days where it's like this day is just for friendship. Yes. Because, I mean, even right now, most of the time we spend with each other or spend talking to each other is just about the pod I and think, the business. So I think that's what what has sort of happened to myself and Harmon yeah. over, over the course of doing this podcast where we sort of, when we so we've known each other for about you know a couple of years now, and that for sort of first year we knew each other. We were just working together, and we were just friends, right? We were just you know work friends, and we you know hung out after work every now and again. Yeah. But until we started this podcast, we started hanging out with each other nearly every single weekend, yeah. just doing this <laughs> podcast, right? So <clears throat> it sort of changed the friendship, where you know we're just sort of talking about podcasts. Whenever we sort of get together, we're just we we're, there's never a day that doesn't sort of go by when we see each other or talk to each other that isn't about the podcast. Which again, <laughs> with that sort of business sort of mindset that has sort of come and taken over the friendship in a way, we're trying to sort of break away from that a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Because even yeah. when we've tried to break away, it we keep <clears throat> on wanting to level up the yeah. pod, so that yeah. just it it means we're talking about mm. the pod a lot more and. Even right now, I have so much I want to tell Mikey right now yeah. <laughs> that I just haven't over weeks <laughs> because yeah. all we talk about is the pod. That, yeah. yeah a friendship time is so important and mm. so, like, yeah, we, we were like we're going to do a friendship day every couple months and it's mm. been many months. And not that our friendship is weakened because of it. It's just mm. like that it's just a, a part of it that also needs to be nurtured. Yeah. It's strange, isn't it? It's yeah. strange when something something like this sort of comes into a friendship because yeah. you do you are more consciously sort of thinking about well when is when are we not going to be talking about this podcast? Yeah. Did you know that before <laughs> you um started? Did you kind of have the chat like or like yeah, this will change things. Let's try and be on the same page or did you just kind of fall into not it? Not really. We fell into it. Yeah, wow. Did you did you? Um more Kind of, yeah, because when there were three of us, it was much more a hangout. Yeah. And then when it dropped to just Mikey and I, it was like, all right, this is us two hunkering down yes. and doing this thing. Mm-hmm. So I think we definitely had a chat about it becoming that and how to make sure what happened last time won't happen again. But we were already on the weekly schedule. So mm-hmm. it was like, all right, this is the plan. And we mm-hmm. very much figured it out as we went along mm. as we kept releasing and <laughs> didn't stop yeah. and yeah. We're, we're very blessed to already have known yeah. a lot of different creatives that we could have on and help us shape 
our voice. Yeah. So that that was nice. And other people who mm. do pods and talk about their experiences. So how do you know Radio Mike? Talking about <laughs> other creatives because yeah. we had Radio Mike on this on this show. Episode, oh, really? Episode eight, I think. Yeah, oh, pretty that's early early. Yeah. yeah, no, he loves yeah. getting on a podcast, yeah, he does. though, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, I know him through Mikey. So yeah? I yeah, think. Because okay. Mikey used to be on radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's that, that's where his roots are. Um, I think I first met Radio Mike when he came on our pod. Yeah. I'm not sure if I don't think I met him in real life before then. Mm. Um, just saw his face on the on the on the feeds and such. Um, but yeah, now that's that, that's the beautiful thing about yeah. the podcast is we're now good mates. I feel and yeah. we go we go to his shows and he's he's come back yeah. on the pod and yeah, he's he's gonna be the only guest I think who will have been to all three sets. Because there was our first set, we're in our second set, and yeah. next week we're going to like our third. Oh, really? Set, and he yeah. will. Yeah, he's he's a real character in the pod. Mm. I think he's definitely definitely a very strong fit. The Sharehouse Pod is definitely one of my favorite podcasts because <laughs> Thanks, as a man. <laughs> as a as a renter, it's and Mikey Mikey was here last week, but he said that a podcast like that doesn't sort of really exist for people who are sort of young and renting. Yeah, because it is you know, very sort of exposing all the things people go through when they're renting and when they're dealing with housemates. Yeah. And it's it's great. It's like the, you've provided this sort of voice for people who are going through all this, you know, trouble, I guess. Or not trouble, but trouble and, you know, yeah, sort of the unwritten housemate rules as well. Yeah. They aren't really, <laughs> you know, spoken out loud. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're very much still on a journey into finding that voice, yeah. I think. Because I, I, I often wonder how the podcast strikes people. Like what what is their impression of the stuff we put out? Because yeah. there is very much the baseline of sharehousing and being in a shared living space yes. or environment. But we also just want to goof and have fun yeah. and review things yes. honestly yeah. and like talk to people about... Um, just their lives in mm-hmm. general, but it kind of so many people in our space are renters and have to deal with that kind of way of life. So it's yeah. a, I found it's a great framing device, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> How- it makes me feel better about myself sometimes, you know, knowing that I'm not the only one sort of going through the sort of housemate issues or the landlord issues or the renting issues yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, it's crazy because yeah. we do this, but even I'm scared of talking about some of the experiences that have mm. happened because we like we had Purple Pingers on and he talked about oh, depressing, like a, depressing yeah, as hell. Whenever I watch his clips, depressing as hell. Yeah. But just hearing about like tenant blacklists and yeah. people, so it's like if I speak out about these absolutely malicious mm. things these real estate people have done, like am I going to be able to find my next yeah. home? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's terrifying. And I hope to be in a position where I can talk about it more openly very soon. Mm. Um, but yeah, in the in the crisis we're in in, in oh, Melbourne, yeah. I'd yeah, that's that's it's very wishful thinking at the moment. I'd try. So I'm living with housemates at the moment, but I've gotten to the point where I've sort of, you know, we don't get along that well anymore because you know they're sort of they're so. So when I did work, I was out of the house working. Monday to Friday, full time. Yeah. Leaving at seven in the morning, getting home five in the afternoon. And then I also have a dog, so I would take my dog out for yeah. a walk in the evening. So I would be home very rarely. But my two housemates, they're software developers, so mm. they're home all the time. <laughs> so if the dishwasher was on overnight, it would be done by the morning, obviously. But it wouldn't be emptied any time throughout that day. Mm. <laughs> but there would just be dishes left on the kitchen kitchen bench. You could have, you know, it, it would have taken it would have taken about a few minutes to empty the dishwasher and put your dirty plates into the dishwasher. Well, yeah. you know, I've been out. Why should I have to come home <laughs> and do it? I've been out all day. This is the best sharehouse <laughs> clip ever. We realized very early when making the sharehouse podcast is we could do a podcast yeah. just about dishes. Yes. We could talk about dishes every single episode, yeah. every single day, yeah. and just moving into a more like dish cluttered yeah. space. 
it's half of adult life is just dishes. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out maybe that's the purpose of the podcast. (laughs) Just finding out like the correct, most efficient, breathable way to live. Yeah. I, I like living in a clean environment, but I think the kitchen for me has to be clean all the time. Yeah. Okay. You can have a little bit of clutter in the lounge room or, you know, whatever, but I think the kitchen always has to be clean for me mm. because it just grosses me out whenever there's a dirty dirty kitchen or there's yeah. dirty dishes on the kitchen bench or you know yeah. they haven't wiped up after <laughs> using the stove it's just oh we did a pod that'll come <laughs> out in a couple of weeks where we talked to my um partner about living with girls versus living with boys mm. and she was like um boys generally live with like in a dirtier environment yeah. where girls live in a more cluttered environment. Yeah. And I found that, yeah, I, c- I can deal with a bit of um, grease and grime, but, yeah, clutter is a no-go. I'm yeah. very similar in, like, I just, if there is clutter, I feel like mm. the task goes to the mm-hmm. top of my priority mm-hmm. list. Yep. Screw everything else I'm doing, all the whatever film, podcast, yeah. whatever. That, <laughs> yes. that clutter is going to get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, I tried to sort of, you know, branch out on my own and try and find a rental by myself last year. Yeah. And around mid last year and I got to the point when I was looking at a rental, you know, rentals every single week and I just sort of gave up because <laughs> 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 it's so hard. Yeah. Like I would, you know, express my interest in one place and then, you know, two hours later, oh, this place has now been leased or, you know. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's br- so I'm like, oh, oh. I'm just going to have to hold my tongue and just live with it for a bit longer, I guess. Yeah, I know. But it's like <laughs> how do you, because I, I imagine you, you're on a lease agreement now that lasts for 6, 12, 18 months. Um, no. So I've been living these, I've been living with these housemates for the last seven years. Seven years, Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So it, we, it, wasn't, it was initially a 12-month contract, but now we're just year to year. Oh, you know, or month to month, I suppose. Oh, so you could get up and leave any time. Yes, exactly. That's amazing. But the trouble with that is you first, because we're all in the same lease together, the three of us, if I were to go out, I first have to find a place, then I have to put in my notice, but then I also have to find a replacement for for me. Yeah. It's like there's like, you know, it's such a layer of difficulty just to sort of, if I could just, you know, say, yes, I'm going to, I've found a place, I'm moving out in the next next few weeks, great. Yeah. But because I have to find a replacement for me as yeah, well. Yeah, there's also, a lot of bonus on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's why I gave up. And I, was, I got to the point where I'm like, well, when we all move out, you know, when the other two want to move out, then that's great. Then we can all just move out together and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I get, I think that's the best mm. place legally to be. Cause mm. I mean, me, if I want to get out right now, it's like at least doesn't end until August, mate. So yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. stuck. Yeah. Um, but being on the month, the month you could get up and go at any point. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's just, just finding, finding a person and everyone else kind of agreeing with that decision. Yeah. I so think- and that's another thing as well. They both have to like the person that's going to replace me as well. Yeah. Where it's just like, <laughs> please just let me leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. My original plan was to try and live alone, um, in my early twenties, but I got swept up in the office because it's kind of a point where mm. every, especially after COVID, everyone was trying to make a move to move out. Mm-hmm. So if you needed to get, get um a gang together you could there were kind of people um like the way my house formed now is i found a place and i was like all right you and you are you in and they were kind of like yeah sure so we all put in the application and um we're in the place we are now yeah but yeah if you really want to take action the like anything like the the onus really is on you like i don't I definitely put in the most effort when trying to get this place because I wanted it the most where the other yeah. two were kind of in positions to keep on living in their situation if they want if like if nothing else kind of presented itself I guess. Yeah. Let's move on now from from Sorry, plug in the Sharehouse podcast <laughs> where we talk about sharehousing no, all damn day. Uh, it's just it makes me a little bit it's it's nice to talk about, and it's you know your podcast is very light as well to listen to. Thanks, but man. it also makes me a little bit depressed as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll work on that. We want to be a, the voice of comfort, but yeah, it do be bleak out there. Um, so what what have you 
yet to achieve? Oh, I guess my next, what my, my plan now, I've worked the whole Aussie open and now I'm like, all right, get, get me off that, yeah. which has allowed myself some space to breathe. Um, this in February, at least, um, March, I'm going to Adelaide for Adelaide fringe, nice. which is another like big adventure of like, I'm going to pack up my two yeah. cameras, um, and a laptop and go and film and edit people's shows and try and meet people there. Mm. So that's a big social step for me. Mm-hmm. But I guess in my soul, what speaks to me most is getting these short films edited and out and working towards a longer form thing, like whether it's like a little web series or a feature film. I've, j- I've been doing shorts for since high school now and I'm like, all right, now I really want to try and step into long form narrative film stuff. Yes. And- try and make my mark there or try and find my voice Mm. in there. Because I mean, like podcasting, it's just a journey of finding your voice, I think. And you're never going to do that unless you actually do it. And currently I'm not. And that's bad. (laughs) That upsets me. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy just sort of knowing. So I did this, I did community radio for high school. Um, It was work experience. And it was great. It was great fun. It was just a local local radio station. Now, flash forward all these years later, I've manufactured this mm. fake radio state, you know, radio show for myself. <laughs> it's great. Like I never it's would amazing. have. Just looking back on the last sort of year we've done this, it's sort of incredible to sort of see how far we've we've come and all the contacts that we've made along the way. And I'm sure you feel the same way yeah, after starting your podcast. It's, yeah, and it's like, really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. What do you see in the next year for yourself in this pod? It's a very good question. I know at the moment I just want to keep doing it. I think Mm. just keep doing it and sort of go along with the flow, I think. Yeah. I think that's that's Um, really good because I trap you can really fall in is kind of over planning for what could happen. Mm. Like I feel like more the harmons of the world. Um, Whereas... I don't know because you can't really plan for what's going to happen. So mm. I feel like just knocking exactly. down and doing it and then stuff will come up along the way where if you thought of yeah. the stuff that could come up along the way a long time ago, it's it's more like longing for a thing that hasn't even happened and getting yeah. caught up in all that where it's like let's hunker down and do the thing and just see where that takes us and what happens, yeah. what opportunities arise. It's just getting into that roller coaster rather than like standing on the ground mm. looking at the roller coaster go around. And life in itself is very unpredictable as well. A lot can happen in, you know, just a couple of weeks, right? So, yeah. Oh, tell me about it. God. But I'm not – I'm a forward thinker in that I like to have a schedule in place of what I'm going to be doing for the next few months in mm. terms of, like, who I'm going to be podcasting with. But, like, seeing where this podcast ends up, I'm not a forward thinker in, in that way. I'm yeah. I'm sort of just going along with it. Because, well, a lot can happen. Who knows what will happen in the next, in between now and the end of this year? Yeah, I very it much could, relate. It could open more doors, or it could close doors. Who who knows? Yeah, yeah. But you can only do what you can do. So yeah, focus on that. Focus on what's in your control. And yeah, yeah. in this game of life, yes, anything <laughs> can happen. It's crazy. I was so hesitant to use the. the the um, title game of life. Oh, uh, yeah. I just thought it sounded very um, cheesy. But I was like, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess how do you title a pod <laughs> yeah. where you're just talking to anyone and everyone mm. about like their soul? Yeah. I guess. Is that yes. how you'd put it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been incredible talking no, to you. No, thank I've you so, so much for having me here. Um, to wrap it all up, what are the words of wisdom you live by? Uh... Um, uh, do good lots. <laughs> uh, that's, that's such a question to dump on me. I, when I watch people in interviews and they say these profound things, I'm like, do they come up with that on the spot? Yeah, or are they know, rehearsing right? that in the mirror? I know. I don't know. Yeah. You just have to be sure you're always showing up for yourself and just, just like your needs and what you believe in and the people you want to nurture, like show up for the things you care about, like outwardly and inwardly. Mm. That's the best I could do on the spot. I love it. But yeah, I, 
there's this beautiful, beautiful scene in Sex Education Season 2 where the main character is talking to his dad who's kind of estranged from the family mm-hmm. and has followed like a path that he's not happy with. And it, it's a really beautiful scene where his dad's just like, the people close to you, just hold them tight because yeah. that's what really matters. Love it. Definitely yeah. butchered the quote. No, the no, that's good. There. It's close enough, probably. <laughs> I haven't seen the show, so I assume it's correct. No, it's good. It, it's a great show. <laughs> Go watch that show as well and the Sharehouse podcast. No, really, thank you. It's been a lovely, lovely, lovely way to spend a Sunday, Arvo. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you? Um, I'm at Joel Harris Media on all things. And if you want to listen to the podcast that I've um, adverted so much here, um, that's <laughs> at Sharehouse Pod. But yes, Joel Harris Media on everything. Thank you so much. 